Welcome to Trending in Education. Mike Palmer here. Very pleased today to be joined by an old friend, Justin Serrano, who is the CEO and founder of a new company called Litera. They're doing really interesting things in the tutoring space for K-12 schools, something that we're going to dive into in some depth. But before we do any of that, Justin, welcome to Trending in Education. It's good to be here, Mike. It's good to see you too. Full disclosure, we worked together at Kaplan Test Prep back in the day, and we even played basketball together. Score lords for life. Not always recognizable as basketball, but we did our best. <laughs> we did our best. You've been in a bunch of interesting roles over the years, and we always begin by asking our guests for their origin story. Can you share with us what got you to this point in your professional life? Latera is really based on my experiences, really three chapters. So the first is at Kaplan, the one you know best, and that is about how do scale tutoring operations actually work and what's the challenge of doing something at scale. The second business I ran called Generation Ready was about the sort of human capital challenges that communities and districts have. We worked in predominantly Title I school districts, uh, a lot in New York City, a lot in the Mid-South, and really it hits you in the face that there's not a lot of humans around who can actually help improve schools or student outcomes in a traditional way. Technology has to play a role in that. And then most recently, really, it's been an ed tech. So SaaS software for assessment analytics, learning management systems. And that really gets the scale in terms of what do districts have available in terms of technology infrastructure that they already use that can help them actually scale up high quality one-on-one or small group academic support programs. So those three ingredients really come together in building a platform in Latera that's designed to help districts equitably serve students with high quality tutoring, take the work out of doing that in the traditional way, and really provide visibility into the effectiveness of the program. And then the other side of the equation is how much tutoring capacity you have, how many tutors are available. We always like to track trends around the nature of work, what types of jobs are emerging. It sounds like you're a mix of the, the technology firepower and product development to build this institutional platform that supports the, the districts. But then at the same time, you, you have tutors and a human element that is layered into the, the system you're designing. Can you talk about those two uh, components and any perspective you might have on that? Yeah, our goal is to be a platform that helps drive down costs for districts to provide tutoring and also give them data to see whether it's actually doing what it was intended to do. Yeah. So when we go into situations with districts, sometimes they don't have human beings, like they mm -hmm. don't have people mm -hmm. to actually provide the tutoring. And so, so we definitely do have a tutor pool that we can deploy against that. We work with some other districts that don't need any tutors because they have their own, or actually we work with an organization down in North Carolina whose sole function is to recruit tutors from the community and actually deploy them into school districts. Mm -hmm. And we're a really good fit for them. And in that case, we're doing zero hours of tutoring. And actually you're getting at was a very conscious choice we made when we launched the business. Mm -hmm. If you're a tutoring business that needs to sell hours of tutoring to make money, your incentive is always to sell more hours of tutoring, regardless yep. of what the need is. That's the incentive. If you're one of these all-you-can-eat models where it's like, okay, for 50 bucks a kid, you can have unlimited homework help. Think about it for 30 seconds. You realize that whole model is based on the district's not actually using it because right. if they use it a lot, $50 does not provide a lot of tutoring over the course of a year. And so we really thought about like, how do we align ourselves with a district? How do we sit next to them and help them figure out here's what works mm -hmm. and give them data, honest data about here's what's working, here's what's happening. And so we decided to be a SaaS platform. They buy us for a certain fee per year. 
They can run as many programs as they want. And that allows us, and again, sometimes we provide tutors if they need it, but that's not our nope. profit center. That's not our business model. Basically our business model is let's be useful to the districts so that they'll keep us around. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the model. It's the yeah. size model and retention is the primary metric. And so the data capture that we can do, if you build a program in Latera, you can see everything that goes on. You can see like is student attendance and dosage and look at tutor data. And so you might design a program. Okay, we're going to design this great program and kids are going to go three times a week and it's going to get these great outcomes. We can tell you a couple of weeks in actually, hey, kids are going 1.5 times a week. And you can be pretty sure that if that's what's going on, you're not going to get the outcomes that you were shooting for. And so that's the level of visibility we want to give districts. But if, if our job was to sell more hours of tutoring, we wouldn't right. be in that position to be the honest broker of let's help you figure out what works. Mm -hmm. And look, there's a lot of money in the market right now, a lot of money. Like I've never seen anything like it for yeah. federal dollars, but that's going to end, right? A couple right. years from now, probably it recedes back to normal. Mm -hmm. And while you can do all these things, wouldn't it be great to figure out what works, what doesn't work, and what does it cost me to execute these programs? Mm -hmm. And that's what we're really trying to do with districts over the next couple of years is, is figure that out with them. Maybe they built their own capacity. Maybe they figured out, no, we can use paraprofessionals and get just as good results. Um, right, right. All those things they can figure out with Latera, and we're motivated to help them actually do that. Yeah, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, just to catch folks up on some of the terminology in the field, you mentioned high dosage uh, a few times. That is a new term that is emerging. I want to get your take on high dosage. And then you also were talking about homework help, which is another aspect of this. Yeah. And I know parents and educators might be listening and they're hearing new terms. I'd, I'd love to, yeah. to get you to expand a little bit on that. Yeah, it's changed a little bit. High dosage, high impact. Basically what it means is kind of what it sounds like. Kids are going to get tutoring multiple times a week, at least three. Um, if you look at the Annenberg Institute out of Brown, they've done a lot of publishing around tutoring as an effective intervention. They have design principles. If you look at here are the design principles for an effective tutoring program, frequency is one of the big ones. Mm -hmm. um, some of the other ones are it should happen during the school day. And that has to do with access. And a lot of the most at-risk kids are gonna have the least amount of access uh, to tutoring. Talks about ratio, how many tutor to student ratio should it look mm. you know? And so there's a lot of different factors, but at the end of the day, it has to be deliberate. They have to look at this student data, build a program in a deliberate way using mm. these principles, and that's where you get the best outcomes. So that's really when you think about whether you call it learning loss or interrupted learning, kids who are at risk are really at risk now, way beyond what they were before COVID. Mm -hmm. That's the kind of program that's going to be most effective for students who really need that level of intensity. Yeah. Homework help is very different and has a different place. So since the probably last 20 years, there've been services where, hey, I have a, I'm doing my homework at night and this is both for K-12 and higher ed. I have this problem I need help with. Let me click and I get a tutor within 30 seconds to help mm -hmm. me on this problem. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, it does what it does. It helps. Yeah. It actually may affect passing rates, which is not a bad thing, but it's, it's apples and oranges. So to think that you're going to apply that homework help model to a student who's two grade levels behind and somehow they're going to know what to work on, or if they're really young, literacy, early literacy is a huge issue that yeah. can be addressed with tutoring. Mm -hmm. um, a kid who can't read is not going to be very good at using a platform that requires you to read. So they're just different things, but sometimes they get conflated in the conversation. And mm -hmm. a lot of the tutoring funding is going to go towards early literacy because the outcomes for kids at grade level in third grade are dramatically different than if you're not at grade level in third grade. And then graduation rates up in the high school. The research says early literacy and high school math have the biggest effect size from tutoring. Interesting. And I think that's really where, where the action is in a way, because those are two fundamental things that schools care a lot about and should. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but also that's what their accountability is based on often. So that third grade literacy rate, 
high school graduation rate, that is a natural place where our dollars are going to flow. And, and that should be a good thing. That should be where the dollars flow in terms of outcomes. Yeah. Yeah. And it makes sense to me that you've designed for K-12 in mind, but tutoring is a much bigger space. Uh, are there elements of the platform and the design that you think could be applied to other tutoring contexts, or is it really more uh, you're targeting the K-12 space and that's what the design is for? Yeah, I would say we're targeting institutional space. From the very beginning, we were actually talking to community colleges. And, and the main reason is I think they have a very common set of needs as it comes to you know, students, completion rates, course completion rates. Too many students enroll in community college, pay for community college, and don't get credits in community college. We talked to them the same way we were talking to districts for that reason. We didn't want to build a product away from potentially what they would need. Yeah. So we have not gone after any kind of community college business. We've got our hands full uh, right. for sure on the K-12 side. Yeah. But there is a natural place for us uh, to mm -hmm. help. And, and the good news there is they tend to have the, the labor. They tend to have a lot of adjuncts. Right. Yep. You know, they aren't generally short on we need people, mm -hmm. but the systems don't really exist to efficiently do it in the same way that we would uh, propose they do it. But essentially they've got structures in place already and tutoring is somewhat part of the expectation of a yeah. college where it's not necessarily an expectation up until recently of a K-12 school district. Yeah, that's really interesting too, where you do see more connectivity in terms of workforce development within a community going from K-12 into the community college. And if there is some continuity, I could see that be uh, something that maybe makes sense in terms of the ecosystem. Yeah, no, definitely. And, th and there are a lot of programs that bridge both, right? And there are mm -hmm. programs that are actually, whether it's dual enrollment or mm -hmm. you know, gear up, there's a lot of programs that are really trying to bridge that gap. And so to have some continuity of, you know, essentially services for students academically, or even from an SEL perspective, makes yeah. sense. And then what about quality assurance? How do, how do you know that good tutoring is happening? I, I remember a Kaplan, that was something we did spend a lot of time on is quality control and monitoring and, and hitting standards. I know it's a bit of a mixed model, it sounds like. So in some yep. ways, maybe the district is more accountable for that. But how do you make sure that the, the tutoring is, is high quality and is actually delivering results? Yeah, I would think about it two ways. We don't have control over the tutor in most cases, but when I think about what's good tutoring, it's really the program, right? It's the tutor, it's the design, it's the content, it's everything as a package because that's mm -hmm. it's not one of those things that's going to get results for kids. Mm -hmm. And so we can very easily report on the execution of the program. What I was talking about before, if you design it a certain way for outcomes, that's great. If you can check along the way to see if it actually is happening, yes, that is even better. But we do get, we get every session, a student provides feedback. So the younger kids, it might be as simple as, you know, clicking on a, a smiling animal head versus a sad animal. And that's really to say, hey, if, tutoring should be a very positive experience. And if it's, mm -hmm. if it's not, for some reason, that's something that you'd want to pay attention to what's going on there. As the kids get older, though, kids are pretty good at assessing themselves in terms of, do I understand this content or not? Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of evidence about that. And so by asking a student about the session after each session, mm -hmm. we're getting a sense of confidence on the content, getting a sense of the rating of the tutor, which is important. It, it is what it is. It's a little bit of a, a popularity because you want a relationship over time. And we also say, do you think you need more work on this particular topic? We're getting that data every single session. And we're also getting it from tutors. The beauty of this system being connected is tutors are basically writing notes about, hey, here's what happened in the session. Mm -hmm. The classroom teacher can see that. If you're a classroom teacher, you may not have anything to do with this tutoring program, but you do have access to what's happening inside of it, which is yeah. not a typical connection that's made. Like I said before, you could direct it as a classroom teacher. 
And there's the ability to have tutor-teacher communication that the student's not even seeing. You can put that comment or note that the tutor and the teacher want to share with each other, and that doesn't necessarily have to be displayed to the student. It's really designed for the two folks working on the rehalf to get them yeah. good, good tutoring. There's a number of mechanisms in place that really measures all the different pieces of, is this tutoring program going well? Yeah. Uh, and, and should you expect it to get the results that you weren't looking to get? Yeah. I love where you were going too, where building a platform that helps facilitate a co-teaching model between the teacher and, and the tutor. As someone who's worked in educational technology, online learning for 20 years, it's surprising to me how difficult it is to bridge that gap between what happens with the teacher in her classroom, somewhat in isolation from what the students then do online on their own. Frequently, there's no connectivity there. And I could see yeah. if you could hand that off to a trusted tutor who could help connected in some ways connected to the same assignments that the student maybe is having trouble with. I could see the real promise of the platform that you're building here. Where do you see tutoring heading in the future? It does feel like online tutoring in particular for this generation. I can't see it going away. The connection's already been made. I think they already understand that. And I've been reading more lately about Discord. So maybe it's not always through the on-camera real-time connection. We're getting more into the free-form phase of the conversation <laughs> adjusted. So anything you think about where the medium of tutoring is going to be heading in, in the near term or long-term? Yeah, tutoring is a broad term. If you think about getting a student with a need to an adult qualified <laughs> to help that student address the need in an environment where that's conducive, that could look a lot of different ways, depending on the need. I think where tutoring is going, it's going to become part of school. It's going to be part of the expectation I don't think that's going to go away. Now that the funding's here to make it happen, it'd be hard for me to imagine as a parent, frankly, to think that somehow my expectation is going to drop dramatically after the, the budget's changed. Right. I just don't think that's going to happen. Mm -hmm. So I think you're going to see more peer-to-peer -peer emerge. Again, it already exists, but I think you're going to see more peer-to-peer. -peer. I think you're going to start to see tutoring, even if it's institutional, cross district lines, because mm -hmm. I think... The labor issue is such a big one. Where are the pool of tutors coming from that are going to do this? The other big idea, and I think it has a chance, is creating a national pool of tutors, creating a marketplace that's not owned by a company's system. I don't know what the entity is to manage that, yeah. but it's such a need, both in terms of what a variety of students would need, but the online medium lets you do the quality control and the vetting and you know, yeah. information is available, curriculum potentially through OER is available if you mm -hmm. don't have. It should be able to be done so transparently and inexpensively that I think that's a possibility. And I don't know how much you follow tutoring in China, but in the last couple of months, there's been a major crackdown from the Chinese government on tutoring for a variety of reasons. But what that's done is there's probably 75 to 100,000 U.S.-based tutors who suddenly got shut out of you know, the ESL work um, in China. So I don't think there's ever been a better time, actually, to try and you know, do something big in that space and try yeah. to a big human resource available to yeah. set it up on the blockchain, Justin, and we're halfway <laughs> there home, you go. right? I mean, there come on. Go. Yeah, yeah, there yeah. But as we're looking a little bit further out, where do you look for inspiration outside of education? Where do you see things new and emerging that help you understand any sort of vision you might want to put forward? Where do you go for inspiration? What's capturing your imagination these days? I think what the pandemic has done for a terrible set of reasons, right? There's nothing, you know, will we take it back? We could absolutely let's establish that it's a terrible thing, but it has created so much innovation, not at a company level or a business level, but at a little micro level. And I think that has been, it's just been really inspiring to see what 
people have figured out how to do in that kind of environment, in the service of kids and service of communities, even if it's not having anything to do with school. Some of the organizations that have been stood up at the state level for no other reason than to say, hey, this student needs a relationship with another human mm-hmm. uh, consistent because of the challenges of isolation and everything that came along with the pandemic. Mm-hmm. I think that as much as it's been the worst experience for the world, arguably, it also has shown some things that our fundamental kind of human capacity to do things with innovation and intuition, but also in the service of helping other strangers in your school or in your circle. And and that's been inspiring. Yeah, that's great. Where's Latera heading on the access side of the equation? Tutoring historically has been pay per service. How are you thinking about access, equity, and the vision for the platform? The whole platform is based on that idea. The whole platform is based on tutoring works, tutoring is hard to do. Tutoring has not been available, uh, especially high quality tutoring has not been available to kids who actually need it the most. And so if you're going to have an impact on that, you've got to embrace the public school system. That's where those students go to school and it's challenging and there's institutional challenges with that and funding challenges with that. But guess what? That's where it is. And so we are very much about trying to engage with districts from a systems perspective, from a services perspective. And as I said before, sit in their shoes with them to say, how can we do this effectively at the, at the cheapest cost possible? Um, because that's what sustainability is going to be about for them. And if they can build local capacity and tutoring programs are available that a paraprofessional or a parent volunteer or others can actually do effectively and the results bear that out, then that is great news. Sometimes people conflate equity and inequality. And so to say, hey, everyone's got access to homework help 24-7, that's actually not equity at all. That is, that's equality. Everyone has equal access. Mm-hmm. What we're talking about is it's going to happen in school. It's going to be purposeful and intentional, and it's going to be targeted at the students who actually need more help than everybody else needs to get to the place they need to get to. And I think public schools are built for that. There are lots of challenges in the execution side, but there hasn't been a lot of innovation on how to actually make that possible. And I think people with the great vision for what it should be like bogged down in the actual work uh, yeah. that you and I are very familiar with to bring that to fruition. And that's really the, the problem we're, we're tackling. And we are fundamentally about trying to create high quality tutoring for kids who need it the most. And that to me is by definition equity. Yeah. If folks want to learn more, where should they go? LaterraEducation.com is our website. And you can also follow us on Twitter. I'm very facile with LinkedIn, even though that is not where any of our customers go, but uh, yeah. Awesome. Justin Serrano, the CEO and founder of Latera, also a, a, a quality small forward for the Kaplan <laughs> Scorelords. Justin, thanks so much thanks, for joining. Man. That's generous, but thank you. <laughs> and for our listeners, we'll be back again soon. If you like what you're hearing, tell a friend, write us a review. This is Trending in Education. Trending in Education.